0: Hi, and welcome to Drinking With Creatives, where we drown journalists of responsibility in a pool of vodka. My name is Jeremy Berger, a filmmaker and senior editor. Each week, I chat with a professional creative, and we have a few drinks. Sander,
1: good morning. Good morning, Jeremy.
0: First and most important question uh, to be followed up immediately with with one that is apropos. Uh, What are you drinking?
1: Um, I am drinking a cup of coffee. I am drinking the same. And is coffee technically a fermented beverage? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, I, I'm not necessarily in every instance, but you know, one of the ways of processing the um, the, the 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 beans of the coffee plant, the berries of the coffee plant, is um, a, a spontaneous fermentation.
0: Fantastic! I like that we were able to, to to tie in both themes of the show and yourself in one go. This is. This is great. Sandra, before we continue and, and have too much coffee and get too energetic, please tell everybody uh, who you are, what you do, and where we can find you.
1: Okay. Uh, my name is Sandor Katz. Uh, I call myself a fermentation revivalist. Um, I've written several books on the topic of fermentation, and uh, uh, I teach workshops, and um, <clears throat> I have a website, wildfermentation.com, and uh, you can find information about my books and information about my uh, workshops, as well as links to all kinds of fermentation related resources on the World Wide Web.
0: Awesome. Sander, I am a huge fan of the art of fermentation, uh, but I would love for to, for everyone to know a little bit more about your story and how you came to uh, write that book. And getting back to uh, getting back to the revivalist, can you uh, can you give me something brief about that?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, almost every individual in almost every part of the world eats and drinks products of fermentation every day. Fermentation is, um, you know, integral to um, culinary traditions really in every part of the world. And, you know, like other aspects of food production, you know, fermentation has been in people's households, it's been in people's communities. And, you know, only in recent times with the uh, centralization of of food production and, uh, you know, mass production of food, have we seen it disappearing from people's homes and people's communities. Um, And then, you know, during the same period of time as fermentation, you know, kind of became more obscure in terms of people witnessing it, um, you know, developed what I call the war on bacteria and, uh, you know, growing awareness of bacteria, people thinking about bacteria as um, uh, vectors of disease. And so, you know, people trying to avoid bacteria and people trying to kill bacteria by chemical means. And so, um, you know, people uh, uh, have come to largely project anxiety about bacteria onto the process of fermentation. And when I call myself a fermentation revivalist, really what I mean is, um, you know, helping to demystify the process so that, you know, people who are interested in trying their hands at it can do so with, um, with confidence and without fear.
0: Wonderful. I, it's funny, I was going to bring up bacteria later, but now that we're just uh, knee-deep into it, I'd love to talk a little bit more about bacteria and, as you say, the war on it. Um, one of my fascinations is a particular bacteria called uh, Lactobacillus, and I was wondering uh, if you're, uh, you're, I think I got that out of your book, uh, can we talk about some of the health benefits that these bacteria that are used to break down these foods do for us as people?
1: Sure. So, okay, lactobacillus are part of a larger group of organisms called lactic acid bacteria, meaning that their, you know, primary metabolic byproduct is lactic acid. They're consuming carbohydrates and transforming them into lactic acid. Um, I, I mean, lactic acid bacteria are. Um, Present on every plant growing out of soil on planet Earth, mm-hmm. um, present in uh, many different kinds of animals, and 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 certainly in humans, mm-hmm. and um, so so lactic acid bacteria are you know one of the groups of bacteria that people describe as probiotic. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know they can help to uh, uh, build diversity in 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 the gut. But I mean, you know, and in, in, I mean, I, I was born in 1962. And in the time when I was growing up, you know, nobody ever said a kind word about bacteria, you know, we really just accepted the idea that, you know, bacteria were antagonistic to us, um, that bacteria could make us sick, and we wanted our, our environment to be as free of bacteria as possible. But, you you know, since around the turn of the new millennium and the Human Microbiome Project, um, you know, science has certainly been developing a much more nuanced view of bacteria. And you know, I think bacteria would be more accurately described as the matrix for all life. Um, uh, you know, the organisms from which all multicellular life uh, uh, evolved, and um, you know, most forms of multicellular life has have never lived without them. So, um, you know, they're they're part of our bodies, they provide us essential services, and it's not only lactic acid bacteria that that, that do that, but they are, you know, one prominent group of organisms um, um, that that make our lives better. Um, And, you know, they they, they also, um, you know, we, we, we have, you know, developed techniques to use the lactic acid bacteria that's present in so much of our food in order to preserve food, make food more delicious, make food probiotic. Um, you know, there's just so many um, practical benefits to, uh, to, to fermentation.
0: Now, when I ask this, this next question, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious when we take a look, as you say, the, you know, the warm bacteria, uh, and then the idea of us being completely free for it, is, is it time to take a look at what our current homogenization processes are in the United States of America, do you think?
1: Well yeah sure sure I mean I think that um, um, you know food is a manifestation of place mm-hmm. Food is a combination of you know what can you grow <coughs> with um, uh, um, uh, minimal effort in different places and then what can you what can you do with it? Um uh, uh, so, I, you know, I mean, the food traditions that evolved everywhere, you know, are really manifestations of of, of 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 place. And you know, in our system of food mass production, you know, we've kind of, we've kind of put that aside and we, we, we've adopted this idea that, well, okay, rather than in different places, people eating different things, depending on what can grow, we're just saying like, everybody wants to eat the same things. And, um, uh, you know, most of them, you know, can't be produced in a given environment. So, um, you know, we're just going to, um, uh, um, you know, sustain ourselves via You know, this uh, elaborate system of, um, you know, mass production and and distribution, um, uh, you know, which is really a departure from, you know, the history of how people have been able to feed themselves, you know, which gives rise to all the distinctive culinary traditions that you find around the world.
0: Excellent. Oh, there's so much I want to talk about.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, but I never, I never, I never did tell you how I, how I got into this. So oh, why don't cool. I just yes. spend, why don't I just spend a couple of minutes um, uh, filling, filling that in. So, um, in 19, well, first of all, I should say that like as a kid, I loved pickles. I had a reputation in my family as, you know, the one who would finish the pickles in the pickle jar. And I was just really crazy about the, the flavor of pickles. And the pickles that we were eating in my family are the, you know, fermented uh, uh, Eastern European style cucumber yes. pickles. In, in New York, we knew them as um, uh, sour pickles. Outside of New York, uh, they frequently get called kosher dills. Mm-hmm. Um uh, uh but I was just drawn to this flavor. I wasn't thinking about how they were made. I wasn't watching anyone make them, but I was crazy about the lactic acid flavor of uh the pickles that I grew up with. Um <clears throat> then I, I spent excuse me. <coughs> um then I spent a couple of uh years uh, in my mid-20s following a macrobiotic diet. Macrobiotics is you know, the first time that I realized that, you know, people ascribed special qualities to uh, uh, fermented foods. And, uh, you know, they really talked about fermented foods for good digestion. And I started noticing that these pickles I'd been eating all my life, whenever I would eat them, I could feel the salivary glands under my tongue squirting out saliva. And I began to associate these foods in a very tangible way with getting my digestive juices flowing. And I started really seeking them out regularly as a as a health practice, Uh, you know, pickles, sauerkraut, other kinds of live fermented foods. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing that 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 uh, was the catalyst for me to start learning how to ferment myself Mm -hmm. is that in 1993, I moved from my hometown of New York City to rural Tennessee Mm -hmm. and I started keeping a garden. And I was such a naive city kid, it had never really occurred to me that in a garden, all of the radishes would be ready at about the same time, all the cabbages would be ready at about the same time. So when we had a nice row of cabbages, I decided that I should learn how to make sauerkraut. And I knew that sauerkraut had something to do with preserving uh, cabbages. I Looked in the joy of cooking. I found a sauerkraut recipe. Um, uh, you know that first batch was deceptively simple, really delicious, and it just made me want to experiment with other kinds of vegetables. And then I learned how to make yogurt and country wine, and it kind of developed into a into a, a, a full on um, obsession. Well, I'm I'm currently
0: in the middle of that obsession myself. I actually just made a batch of Kolsch this morning. And uh, I'm gonna be polishing off some of my own sauerkraut a little bit later. And I guess i'm I'm just wondering, like, just for people at large, because I feel like I know a little bit more, obviously not as much not as much as you do your your walking encyclopedia of fermented knowledge, but what are some of the foods that people are eating right now that they might not even know is fermented?
1: That's a really great question. And, um, you know, I have this experience uh, 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 frequently of meeting someone Mm -hmm. um, um, and then, you know, they want to know what I do. I explain to them what I do and then they make a face. They hear that I, you know, I write and teach about fermented foods and beverages and they make some horrible face. And, you know, they're thinking that fermented foods are you know, the strongest flavored fermented food they've ever had. You know, they're thinking extreme, like maybe they're thinking gorgonzola cheese or Maybe they're thinking kimchi. I don't always know what they're thinking, but 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 I have just seen this face of disgust so many times. And then when I start tell, saying, "Um, uh, poor you! What a restrictive diet you must have! Um, you know, no chocolate, no vanilla, no coffee. Uh, um, um, uh, you can't have certain kinds of teas. Uh, no bread, no cheese, no cured meats, no condiments." Um, You know, no olives, no pickles, no kimchi or sauerkraut, Um, I mean, an incredible range of foods and beverages that, 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 that people eat are products of fermentation, and, you know, this is true really, you know, in every region of the world, I mean, the particulars are different, so you know in in if we were talking about this in West Africa, we might be talking about um, uh, uh, fermented condiments made from legumes. We might be talking about fermented grains or starchy tubers uh, certainly we 'd be talking about alcoholic beverages because those are the most widespread form of fermentation anywhere but you know in the particulars fermentation is different in different places but you know what 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 is pretty much universal is that you know people developed techniques long before anyone knew specifically of the existence of bacteria to harness the power of microorganisms on their food in order to make it more delicious, make it more digestible, uh, um, uh, enable it to be preserved for some period of time, to produce alcohol. Um, You know, there's always a practical benefit to fermentation. The food is not decomposing into a disgusting, ugly mess that nobody would want to eat, you know, and we are improving it in some way.
0: You know, I'd like to come back a little bit later to the public's perception of decomposition, because that's something I specifically want to ask you about. But I'm also wondering if you're seeing uh, right now that trend uh, shifting at all, at least for the public at large. And I speak specifically of the uh, restaurant Noma, uh, which has been voted uh, best restaurant in the world a couple of times now, I believe. And their Instagram page is all about. Uh, their fermentation, their fermentation processes. Do you see that kind of happening, at least in the Western mind or not quite yet?
1: Well, I mean, I would say every year since maybe 2011, I have seen, you know, some sort of list of food trends that included fermentation as a hot new trend in food. Which, which always makes me laugh a little bit because, you know, while there is no denying that there is, you know, increased awareness about fermentation, increased interest in fermentation... You know, the fact is that the products of fermentation have endured, have enjoyed enduring popularity and, um, you know, they have been, you know, as popular in some cases, more popular, you know, in the times of our great grandparents than they are now. So, I mean, fermentation is not a new trend. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's very, it's very exciting that so many more people are becoming interested in it. Um, I mean, certainly, you know, high-profile restaurants like Noma um, um, promoting fermentation has 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 helped in some circles, but, you know, I mean, the, the average person has no idea what, what Noma is. It, it's not, you know, Noma is not really a, a household name. Most people are not paying attention to the, you know, the the, the, the world's best restaurants. Um, but, but the fact is that whether you're shopping at the health food store or at the supermarket, um, you know, or going to fine dining restaurants, you know, people are seeing more varied fermentations around because, um, um, you know, there's, a, because there's so much interest in.
0: Awesome. Can we talk for one second? Cause I just found out this, uh, piece uh, on YouTube with you going back to, uh, 2017, the people's Republic of fermentation. Can you talk to me about that, uh, that trip?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, so, so, first of all, let me just say that these are uh, videos that are available for viewing free on YouTube. They're on my channel, Sandor Kraut, and if you just search People's Republic of Fermentation. And it's eight, roughly 10 minute each videos, um, you know, documenting different fermented foods and beverages that um, uh, I was able to learn about on a trip that I took to China uh, in 20, uh, uh, end, end of 2016 um, with a Chinese American friend and her mother. Um, And, uh, you know, I just learned so much. There's so much fermentation happening in China. Um, you know, so certain examples of which, um, uh, you know, many people are familiar with. I mean, soy sauce mm-hmm. is perhaps the most um, um, uh, 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 obvious, but there's lots of other condiments used in a um, uh, 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 Chinese cuisine that are fermented. The, the the black beans that, you know, you get broccoli with black bean sauce. Those black beans are whole fermented soybeans. Um uh, Dobanjong, which is this beautiful Sichuanese ferment of um, uh, uh, chili peppers and uh, fava beans. Um. Uh, which is this sort of wonderful, um, uh, spicy, earthy condiment that's, you know, one of the um, uh, backbones of Sichuanese cuisine, uh, lots of rice alcohol. Um, and then I, I also have a new book about fermentation, which just came out a few months ago. It's called uh, Fermentation Journeys. Um, and um and, and it, it really covers uh, fermented foods and beverages that I've learned about in my travels in recent years, um, including lots of recipes from China, different kinds of pickles, the dobanjang I just described, rice alcohol, um, lots of different things.
0: Beautiful. Is there one uh, particular uh, fermentation, at, at least here in America, that you'd like people to know more about or wish they'd ask more about?
1: Well, uh, you, you know, I mean, f- fermentation is a, is a vast, vast realm of human cultural experience. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, there's no shortage. Like, you know, there's no way any individual person could try every fermented food or, and beverage that exists in the world. There's like, there's just too much variety. Um, so I think you just have to follow your interests. Now, you know, wh- what I have, you know, taught, uh, you know, probably more than a thousand times in workshop settings, is how to make sauerkraut. And, um, you know, sauerkraut was my gateway into fermentation. Uh, you know, sauerkraut is so straightforward, um, so intrinsically safe, so delicious and supportive of good health, that it's what I typically recommend to people as a first project. Mm. Um um, and and when I say intrinsically safe, you know, I, 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 you know, I've met a lot of people who, um, you know, pick up their jar of shredded salted cabbage or other vegetables, and they look at it with a with a, um, a, a facial expression of concern, and they say something along the lines of, you know, how can I be sure I have good bacteria growing in here and not some dangerous bacteria that might make somebody sick or even kill somebody, mm-hmm. and you know the. I mean I mean honestly well we we now understand that all plants growing out of soil on planet earth are host to lactic acid bacteria and once you get them submerged, that's what um, uh, dominates the environment every single time. So even if you happen to have some cells of organisms that we associate with a pathogenic process, the lactic acid bacteria dominate every time and as they acidify the environment, they wipe out the potential pathogens. So acidification is just like a you know a, a brilliant elegant, convenient um, a uh, um, strategy for food safety. And according to the USDA, they cannot find any examples of food poisoning or illness uh, uh, stemming from fermented vegetables that they have been able to document. So, um, you know, after you ferment them, vegetables are safer than they were raw. Um, because every year we read about outbreaks of um, the salmone- Salmonella or E. coli stemming mm-hmm. from raw vegetables. So um, uh, you know it's really nice to be able to sort of reassure people with this sort of intrinsic safety of of a process like fermenting vegetables.
0: Well, let's talk for a second about the uh, the face people give you um, when you took you know when you when they look well when they look at their sauerkraut or when you tell them what you do. Uh, when it comes to decomposition, and I've, I've, I've been looking also at the way that uh, farmers are now taking a look at their soil and how uh, we're looking at, you know, in an organic sense, recycling. Do we need to have like a re-understanding of decay in our lives um, when it comes to food, like you know, for example, like you know, we, we have to create fertilizer because recycling nutrients back into the soil is is necessary for our continued you know reliance on the calories that we draw from it. Do we need to have a better conversation or a better understanding, not just disgust, of what it
1: comes to decay? I mean, ab- absolutely, absolutely. Because I mean, I would say that you know, the, a compost pile is also an example of of fermentation. Mm-hmm. Now. Now, let, let's say you had a little um, uh, plastic bag that had some parsley in it that you picked up at the market mm-hmm. and it got buried behind other things in your refrigerator. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's ever had something like this happen. And cool. and then you find the little bag of parsley and it's sort of partially liquefied and decomposed and it smells kind of nasty. And you know we're not picking up that um, uh, a bag of decomposing parsley and saying like, Oh, look, we have a bag of fermented parsley. Um, You know, generally we reserve the word fermentation to describe intentional or desirable microbial transformations. Um, And um, we would use words like decomposition to describe, um, you know, less desirable ones. And, you know, sometimes the desirability is in the eyes of the beholder. Um, I mean, there are plenty of you know fermented foods and beverages that people around the world eat that someone uninitiated, you know, might just reject as um, <clears throat> some kind of decomposing food. But 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 generally, um, in fermentation, be- because all of the plants and animal products that make up our food are populated by such elaborate communities of organisms, you know, we could think of the practice of fermentation as really. Um, Manipulating environmental conditions in certain ways that have the effect of encouraging the growth of certain kinds of organisms that we want, that we're seeking out, and simultaneously discourage the growth of other organisms, um, um, you know, which might not do so well. And, you know, in the realm of vegetables, what, um, uh, uh, you know, acidification via lactic acid bacteria does specifically is it inhibits decomposition. So, um, you know, there are a lot of different microbial transformation processes that can happen. And, um, you know, I mean, a practice of fermentation just like opens your eyes and, 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 and forces you to be more observant. Um, um, so, so, you know... Decomposition, you know, can be regarded as a form of fermentation in in certain contexts where that's what's desirable. Mm -hmm. But most fermentation processes of foods, like, do not specifically involve decomposition. They involve, you know, some sort of, you know, transformation that maintains uh, 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 the structure of the food. Not every example. I mean, fish sauce is a great example. Mm -hmm. You know, fish sauce is decomposed fish. To fish and salt, and typically no water is added, and then that liquid that that that, that it yields is from decomposition. Um, but most fermentation processes, you know, are not really going for full decomposition; they're going for some sort of, you know, metabolic um, transformation. Perfect. Now,
0: Senator, so. What's next for you? You're, you're you've you've got teaching engagements. Have you got a tour coming up? What's uh, what's 2022 and beyond going to hold for you?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, um, you know, after uh, you know two years of of mostly not traveling at all, mm-hmm. um, I'm doing a lot of traveling, and I just was uh, I just was teaching a few weeks ago in uh, the Faroe Islands, uh, mm-hmm. which are kind of between Iceland and Europe, uh, and that was a fascinating place um but but i'm you know i'm continuing to teach about fermentation it turns out that there is you know a great um uh hunger for information about this process and um uh, opportunities abound for um uh, uh, for for me to uh, uh, teach. So I do some teaching here where I live in Middle Tennessee, and then I do a fair amount of traveling uh, uh, as well. I was in Asheville, North Carolina a week ago. Uh, at the end of May, I'm going to the Bay Area. At the end of June, I'll be in the UK and the Netherlands. Um, so, um, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just kind of, um, uh, you know, throwing myself into, uh, um, you know, demystifying fermentation for people. That's really how I conceptualize it. And, um, you know, Fermentation Journeys is really my my fifth book. Um, uh, uh, My first one was Wild Fermentation. That was published in 2003. Um, Then in 2006, I published a book that was not specifically about fermentation. It was called The Revolution Will Not Be Microwaved Inside America's Underground Food Movements. And, you know, it's really about um, uh, grassroots movements to reclaim food. Um, in uh, 2012, I published The Art of Fermentation, which I believe is the book that you're most familiar with. Yes. Um, last year uh, or or I'm sorry, at the end of 2020, I published a book called Fermentation as Metaphor that um, sort of explores a little bit more how we use the word fermentation in the English language to describe a, a, broad, a broad range of bubbly transformative phenomenon um, beyond what, what would literally be thought of as fermentation of foods and beverages. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my most recent book, which just came out in, I guess, November, is uh, Fermentation Journeys. It's about fermented foods and beverages that I've learned about in my travels. So, you know, I've been writing, I've been teaching, um, and, um, you know, that, that, that remains my focus. Perfect,
0: perfect. Sandra, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, please enjoy the rest of your coffee and everyone. Uh, once again, Sandra, please tell everyone where we can find you.
1: Okay, check out my website, which is wildfermentation.com. And you can find information about my workshops. You can find information about my books. You can find links to you know all kinds of fermentation-related resources on the World Wide Web. So um, please check it out, wildfermentation.com. Make sure to check out drinkingwithcreatives.com where you can support us by contributing to our
0: Patreon. And don't forget to subscribe and download your preferred platform. I hope you enjoyed and we'll see you next time.